0: You're listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast, episode 62.
1: Lindsay Maloney.
0: Today we're visiting with Laura who is going to show you how you can start your freelance writing business. She has just published a book. She's full of helpful tips for all those freelance writers out there. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Laura, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm really excited to share your wisdom with our audience Um, How about you just go ahead and introduce yourself and share with us how you got started and who you serve and
1: how you serve them? Sure. I got started because being an entrepreneur was not something I had ever envisioned. I planned to be an educator and I was in the middle of a doctoral program working towards becoming a professor and I was teaching seventh grade in a traditional middle school and kind of realized that education wasn't really for me in that format. I wasn't really well suited to the traditional way of working in public schools or in education. So I started thinking about other skills I might have that I might be able to use. And I'm also a military spouse. So we move all the time. So I had to think of a career that would be mobile. And so I thought, well, what a I tried being a freelance writer and I launched what I thought would just be a side hustle and some extra income that has grown into a multi six-figure copywriting business that's followed me through the eight moves we've done in 10 years for my husband's career. And now I've also done two TEDx talks on freelancing and have written a book about freelance writing. And now it's really my goal to help other freelancers get started and to scale their business the right way to kind of avoid burnout, to avoid working with the wrong clients and staying on projects that aren't the right fit
0: that's so interesting so let's talk to those freelancers out there or the the people who want to start a freelancing business because they want to um, just work from home like you did Um, what are they kind of struggling with and what are their goals
1: So for beginners, the struggle is thinking that you don't have enough experience to do it. I see a lot of people who could be successful freelancers, but they're the only thing holding themselves back. So they're thinking, well, I don't have any certifications. I've never been paid to be a designer or a developer or a writer before. And that holds them back from getting started. And you can learn a lot yourself. So you should never sell yourself short. And then for those who are already working as freelancers, their biggest challenge is when their business starts to grow quickly, a lot of times the clients they're bringing with them to the more intermediate or advanced level of freelancing and income are not the right clients to sustain a consistent six figure income. So they've built their business and they've been successful, but kind of what got them there isn't going to get them to the next level.
0: Oh, that's so true for every business. What got you here isn't going to get you there. Um, When you first started uh, freelance writing, were you kind of doing everything or were you more niched into the work that you did?
1: I took on all kinds of projects when I got started, because frankly, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know where the demand was. So I wrote about everything from how to get rid of bedbugs to planning your wedding, to what to do if you're getting a divorce. I mean, it was really all over the place. And I found that my niche was really in working in the legal space. I have kind of a background working with other attorneys and my PhD program is in public policy. So I definitely had some connections there and I like working with attorneys. I understand how they think. So a lot of my clients are in the legal space. And I found that that was really key to growing my business, to having a niche where I became the expert, where I became the known person for doing that particular thing. It also meant that my brain wasn't hopping all over the place with different types of topics every day as I was writing for clients. So I've been niched for the last six years now, pretty much working with legal clients. And I take some other projects here and there if I feel like it's a good fit, but legal is really my favorite place to be.
0: I think that's such a common evolvement with entrepreneurs is they think they can help everybody. And like you mentioned, all of the different things you wrote about, and it was probably really hard for you to sit down and focus on writing about this because you just wrote about that. And I think that's where a lot of people get um, into the struggle because they're trying to be everything to everyone. Do you agree?
1: I completely agree. You can't be everything to everyone. And I think the more that you can niche down, even if it's your you've got two or three different industries or two or three different types of projects you like to specialize in, it allows you to become the expert. So you're better at what you do. And then the clients you get refer you to other clients like them. And it ultimately helps you streamline your day not feel overwhelmed or like you're being pulled in 10 different directions. And it also helps your clients because they get better results simply because you spend so much of your time doing things that that help other clients just like them.
0: So you just published a book. Yes. And let's talk about that. So what kind of people are reading this book and what are they looking for? Um, What are the answers that they're looking for when they read it?
1: When I got started in 2012, there were not a lot of resources out there for potential freelance writers, especially online. There were lots of things about here's how you pitch magazines and here's how you can try to become a journalist. And that wasn't really what I was interested in learning. So there's a lot more resources now, but I wrote this book, how to start your own freelance writing business as the guide I wish I had had when I started. So it's a very realistic picture of what it takes to get started, how to set your rates, um, the mindset that you need to be successful, how to set deadlines and a schedule, even if you're still working a full-time job and trying this on the side. Some of the characteristics that I've found a lot of freelance writers have in common when they're successful. It's really designed to help people get a better picture of what it truly looks like to work as a freelance writer, either part-time or full-time, and how to prepare yourself for that if you're thinking about it. So freelance writers can specialize in so many different ways. So the more traditional models have been pitching magazines, becoming a journalist, or even selling personal essays. And there's lots of people who are successful with that. But when I got started, I saw the potential with just the amount of content that needs to be published to the internet. Every business that is successful in the online space is or should be doing some form of content marketing. So that's blogs, websites, email newsletters, landing pages, product descriptions, brochures, you name it. Um, there's a huge amount of need for web-based writing. So today, a lot of people who have a way with words or really enjoy writing about different topics will work as freelance writers. They can create everything from white papers to blogs and you know, all across the board in between, even people who help academics flesh out their ideas and their research, writing cover letters and resumes. Any type of written content that you can imagine is something a freelance writer could specialize in. And the main idea is that most of my clients don't have the time, the interest, or the ability to want to write content for the web. So a lot of what I do is designed to help my attorneys rank in the search engines. We're speaking to their end reader, but it's all SEO optimized content. So search engine optimized content that kind of sends signals to Google to help that website rank for the right keywords. And I saw the potential with that as More beneficial than pitching a magazine, which can take three months to hear back from the editor and you get published once because online businesses need to publish content regularly. It's never been a better time to be a freelance writer because you can get recurring work
0: Mm, yeah, that, that's a really great point to make, um, recurring work. Cause it's great to get, you know, probably a big contract. And then when you're done with it, you're like, okay, now where is the next one coming? So setting up that recurring income is definitely going to help you build your business. So what does it mean um, for a freelance writer who is, you know, doing all this stuff? How do they kind of narrow it down a little bit? What's some processes that you use to just work with
1: lawyers? Right. So the first thing to consider as a new freelance writer is what types of projects you succeed with the most. For me, even though I've written a book, I don't really love writing books for other people because it's a really involved process and it can take six to eight months or longer. So for me, I knew that I was best in the sweet spot of writing blogs that are one or two pages long. I can knock them out quickly. There's minimal revisions or back and forth with the client. So that's the first thing you want to think about is what type of content do you naturally gravitate towards? Somebody who enjoys writing about gardening and pets is not going to want to be a software or IT white paper writer. So think about your interests and your background that you can sort of start to narrow down. I've always been fascinated by the law and changes in the laws and new regulations and ways that courts are interpreting things. And so that's why it was really a natural fit for me to work with attorneys. I had a passion for the industry and also the type of content I write most often, which is blogs, was really well suited to my personality and working style. So there's essentially two ways you can niche as a writer and you can do none, one or both. So it's by industry, choosing a particular industry to focus on or by type of project. So I know people who only write email newsletters, or they only do sales copy. And then they might also choose to niche by a particular industry to make it easier for them to market.
0: So interesting. I, I never thought about, you know, the all of the writers out there, this must be just such a dream for them to be able to tap into the internet and write for anything that they want. Um, does it feel a little overwhelming as a freelance writer thinking that you're just in a sea of other writers? Like how do you, how do they stand out?
1: There's definitely a perception sometimes that it's an oversaturated market, but I don't think that's true because Unfortunately, a lot of writers have a reputation for being flaky and for missing deadlines or disappearing after they've been hired, or sometimes even turning in work that isn't the greatest quality. So, as a professional freelance writer, you can differentiate yourself number one, just by being professional. That alone will leapfrog you over 50% of the competition because it's kind of amazing how many people don't last over the long run because they set deadlines that are just not achievable or they turn in work that was rushed or that sometimes even work that was stolen and plagiarized. So that's number one. And also just thinking about what is that unique value proposition that you bring to the table? For me, I guarantee that all of my work is original. And I also do research for the individual state. So attorneys don't want to have Texas laws referenced in an Arizona blog. So the fact that I specifically say, yes, I'm going to make sure it's the terminology used in Arizona. It's the statutes used in Arizona. It's going to be most relevant for your prospective clients. And I I do error-free work and it includes the whole process to get a blog SEO optimized. So that's how I stand out from my competition is uh, invoking a little bit of that fear of like with my clients, it's high stakes. If they make a mistake, they could get a complaint from the state bar association, Or if they use a stolen picture, they could get a takedown notice from Getty Images regarding copyright. So I very much focus on, you know, I write content that's best for your website while taking all of these unique considerations into, you know, my process of creating content. Mm,
0: That's very interesting. So if somebody wants to, you know, get this, get their business going or take the next step, What's some easy ways for a freelance writer to be found, not just on their website? What are some other unique ways people can get discovered for their work?
1: My number one recommendation, especially for writers, is LinkedIn because you can showcase your skill directly through what you post on LinkedIn. I use my LinkedIn feed as essentially like a mini blog, I post longer articles once a week about something about the state of the copywriting industry or questions I often get from my clients, such as how long should a blog be? Should we use pictures in blogs? I will turn that into an article I post on LinkedIn and also on my website. And then I also do shorter posts throughout the week on smaller aspects of projects or concerns that clients might have in outsourcing to freelancers. I get found a lot by recruiters. I show up a lot in searches for freelance writer or legal copywriter. And that helps promote my business over the long run, especially being a writer. It's great to showcase my style and words on LinkedIn because then a client can already tell if they like my style and then they can reach out to me or when I pitch them, they see that I'm really active. And it's, it almost looks like I have this thought leader role because I'm consistently posting about legal marketing and copywriting. And it's a great way to position yourself and expand your connections with ideal clients.
0: I love that. And your audience, you know, lawyers are going to be hanging out on LinkedIn rather than Pinterest. That's not where they're probably hanging out. So it's important to, you know, pay attention to where your audience is hanging out and then put out the content there. You don't have to show up everywhere. Like I'm guessing you're not putting things out everywhere like you are on LinkedIn.
1: Yes. You always want to tailor what you're marketing to where your people are hanging out. So if your prospective clients are lifestyle bloggers, they might be hanging out on Pinterest. So how can you tailor some of your marketing to make sure that everything you write is optimized for the Pinterest algorithm and that kind of thing. So you want to think about your prospective clients. What are the challenges they have? What are the questions they have about outsourcing or whatever service it is that you do, and then try to find them on the platform where they're at. And that's where you should be the most active. So I'm the most active on LinkedIn for my legal freelance writing business, because that's where my clients hang out. And that's where it's the easiest for me to showcase what I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, not only are you writing for your clients, but then you're writing for your own business too. So you don't want to just wear yourself thin by writing and putting things out every single day a medium that you can possibly find you, it it'll
1: work but it's not scalable. Exactly. I often see freelancers that are saying, "Oh, well I should do Instagram and I should do Twitter and I should do Pinterest and have a Facebook page and a blog and it's like, let's figure out what your two highest converting marketing methods are and we just focus on those. We don't try to do 10 things at once and do all of them mediocre. What, right? We're going to try to do things at a very high level for the aspects of your marketing that convert most effectively. And I think that works so much better because it shows consistency on that platform rather than, you know, I tried to stick with, you know, writing a blog every single day and that lasted two weeks and now I haven't posted in two months. It's much better to be slow and steady and consistent.
0: Oh yes, I love that. It's such good advice because Like you said, you've been doing this for years. This wasn't something you thought of last month. And like, all of a sudden you have a six-figure freelance writing business, right? This took you a long time to fill your way through. And I think it's like, I always picture like an actual funnel. Like we start out doing so many things and then we really narrow it down into exactly what we're meant to do. And that requires time and just organic and natural evolvement. And it's something that we have to be okay with no matter what business we have, whether we're coaches or freelance. We have to be okay with that evolvement.
1: Yeah. Give yourself permission to change things in your company, because just like we were talking about at the beginning, what worked in the past might not work now. So if you're doing something and you're no longer loving it, or you're having trouble finding clients in that specific area, give yourself room to evolve and change. You know, for a long time, I was doing 40 to 45 hours a week of freelance writing and thought like, I really miss talking to people and boy, my wrists are aching with carpal tunnel. What can I do different? So I said, I've had a lot of people ask me how to do this. How can I start coaching? How can I start a podcast about the art of being a freelancer and the business of being a freelancer to give me some variety and to shift things up a little bit. And by that point, I'd streamlined my freelance business to such a point where I could cut it down to 15 or 20 hours per week and still be plenty profitable while trying new things. So don't be afraid to make those changes. I think most successful business owners are very adaptable. They're always checking, like, is this still working? Do I still want to be doing this? How can I change things to make it better suited to my life?
0: Awesome. Tell us about your Better Biz Academy.
1: Yeah, I, that's the website that I started to help get the word out there about freelancing, how people can run their businesses more effectively, all the things that I wish I had known when I got started, and a lot of the questions that I get most frequently from freelancers who are new or kind of at the intermediate level. I wanted a place where I could help distribute that information. So I have online courses, I have a podcast that's geared towards more advanced freelancers who are looking to scale to the six figure point, and some of the challenges that they face in getting there and staying there. And I've it's really been fun to get to build a community of other freelancers and get to hear what freelancing looks like for them because it's so different. And that's, what's so cool about freelancing. I have coaching clients who travel the world in an RV and work whenever they get hooked up to Wi-Fi, And I have some that can only do this 10 hours a week. So they focus on streamlining as much as they can in those 10 hours. And it looks different for everyone. And that's what's so cool about it. You get to make this work for how you want it to look in your life.
0: I love that. I think when we decide to start a business online, no matter what business it is, we have to remember that we are in charge of designing the entire model. So it's important to always design it in your favor. And you by you creating things that you wish you had when you started, that's just going to help speed up the process for somebody else and that just creates a big ripple effect and that's what I love about, you know, those those pioneer entrepreneurs who are, you know, he, okay, this would have been really helpful 8 years ago. When I started here, just take this and I'll speed up the process for you. Yeah. If
1: I can help you avoid a few of the challenges that I face, or if we can get you to that next point in your business faster than you trying to figure it all out on your own and going through trial and error, that's really my goal.
0: I love it. All right, Laura, this was such a good conversation. And I'm sure there are people who want to find out more about your book and all of the things that you do online. So um, what where can people find you?
1: Well, you can find my blog and podcast at betterbizacademy.com and then the book is available wherever books are sold. But if you want to check it out on Amazon, go to freelancewriting101.com and that'll take you right to the Amazon page for the book and you can kind of see what it's all about, what the chapters are that are in there too.
0: Awesome. We'll put all of those links in the show notes so you guys can go find Laura's book and get it and read it and then tell Laura how much you love it. And also go visit her on her in her Facebook group and on her LinkedIn if you want to go see how she makes the magic happen with her writing business. Thank you so much for being with us, Laura. This was a great conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. If you want to find out more information how you can work with me, just head on over to my website, lindsaymaloney.com. You will be able to see how you can work with me privately or in a group setting. I'm all about helping you start and scale your coaching business, so I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating and review. And if you want bonus points, Take a screenshot of a review and tag me on your Instagram story. I'd love to see it and share it with my audience. And plus, you don't want to miss another episode.